Hi everyone. So Real Talk with Claudia Mastagazzi's episode number two. And I have um so I've been in business since 2007. I think I have worked with Chris for a long time. A long time. Yeah. yeah so Chris Adame is here with us. He's an my uh prefer or one of the appraisals on my list. And I've worked with him for a long time. He has helped me with lunch and learns and um, you know, just educate and inform, you know, realtors and people out there that are looking to buy buying a house. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank um, you for asking me to be here. Yes, yeah. I think it's very important. I think that there's a lot of things that uh, have been starting to change. So um, just to jump into it, because sure. I know it will be more sure. than 30 minutes. Uh, I get very passionate talking about appraisals, but <laughs> um I think like one of the biggest questions that normally realtors ask, um, and maybe you can help us direct them or give them the resources or what, where can they find these answers is, um, when they're listing a property mm -hmm. and then they lease a property and, you know, I mean, average families here in Corpus, they normally qualify more for, um, they they qualify more for FHA loans than right. conventional. Right. But then the uh, the realtors kind of like have these like fear almost mm -hmm. like oh he's not gonna pass FHA right. and most of the times it would. Right. right. But so how it's like maybe like an easy way for an easy and and good way for a realtor to make that decision whether they they can put the the house as an FHA or or just conventional. I mean, there's certain things. I mean, we I dealt with one not too long ago where the agent was like, there's no way it's going to go FHA. And you're like, there's nothing wrong with this house. And I guess it's from back in the day, there were a lot more things that kind of kept houses from, from being uh, or qualifying for FHA. Uh, there's a lot of webinars out there. I mean, I'm using, it's down right now, so I'm taking my continuing education. But there's like McKissick is a is an online learning center and they offer webinars that you can just kind of check in and one is going to be an updating of of the specifics of just what fha looks looks, looks at for home. you know what are the mandatory things and you know peeling paint uh you know if a property is if someone's not wanting to do any improvements and you walk around you see peeling paint rotted wood um you know, staircases that don't have railings, you know, things like that, uh, th then you, it probably won't go FHA if you know that that seller's definitely not going to make it. Because there's going to be something. But isn't it true, too, like, I, because I've seen on some appraisals conventional that, like, rotting wood, like, you still have to fix it. I mean, there's some stuff that you still have to, that conventional is going to call for. That Well, yeah, but that wouldn't be, we're not calling for that. So as and on a conventional deal, I'll say, okay, just to let you guys know, uh, this house has rotted wood. It's got a bunch of peeling paint. I'm just showing you the condition of it. And then I'm making an adjustment in that report that this house is worth X less, probably a cost to cure to fix to all that stuff. It. Now, here's the thing with that, though, because by you, and I think we have mm -hmm. had this situation before, mm -hmm. like when you, when an appraiser actually mentions that on the appraisal, mm -hmm. Then the underwriter is like, oh, we need to fix that. Right. Like, I don't like that he put that. Right. Or, and then it's just kind of like a back and forth, like, okay, well, what do we do? Do we, like, because you're not going to remove it. And then the underwriter is not going to feel like, okay, right. wait. I had one 
recently it was like a invest it was an investment property mm-hmm. and uh, it was a small like sixty thousand like those that you know that you're gonna have to do a lot of repairs right. and uh and basically i get the appraisal back as it's mm-hmm. with a laundry list of everything that was falling off on the house right <laughs> so then the underwriter was like oh no like that has to get fixed well, that so, would be an underwriter issue where issue, I don't, right. you know, the only time we really have to put it in is I had one, the house had been, was nothing wrong with the house, but there was an attached storage carport area and, you know, a lot of deferred maintenance on it. And I said, okay, so I had to make an adjustment because I couldn't find any sales that were just like that. Hey, the house has been updated, but the, either the garage is in bad right, condition right, or whatever right. else like that. But I put in there, you know. These items, you know, this report's not prepared based on the completion of these items. You okay. Know, just, so you, then you, when you say you made adjustments, that lowers the pricing on the house? It lowers the price on the sales. So on I say, sale. okay, here's here's a let, let's a perfect easy example. Is let's say you have two homes. One doesn't have AC and one does have a central heating there. You know, $5,700 is what I adjust that. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. I'm just saying that this house doesn't have the deferred maintenance that's probably around three grand to fix. So you have to make some sort of an adjustment to, to that sale to, to get to, to, to get yeah. to your value. But that, you're just saying that sales worth $3,000 more because it's probably going to cost some, something on this house to, to, to do it. Right. So, um, I've seen, um, like I said, I've, I've seen, I, I think my understanding of like the appraisal is that, uh, FHA cares a lot about the safety. Correct. Of the safety, home. security, and soundness. Uh, safety used to be, you know, they would classify it no carpeting. Okay, that's a safety issue. Or there's big holes in the carpet or trip hazards they really focused right. on. That some of that stuff's been eliminated, but you still have to watch. I mean, if there's a if there's a transition, let's just say from your kitchen to your dining and it's significant, it's kind of awkward, that may be a safety deal. But the main thing I see is the security and soundness. So like, okay, peeling paint, bare wood, things to the structure that are going that allows that structure to deteriorate faster than normal. Than normal. Because, you know, and I see it all the time, you know, um, just paint it over rotted really, wood. Yeah. That, that's not, that's, <laughs> that's not, not going to fix it. the problem. But, but you can see as a patient, like, wait a minute, I can tell they just <laughs> paint it over a whole thing. But that's the main thing I see than anything else is uh, rotted wood, peeling paint, bare, lots of bare wood. And then um, you have to have a heating source in your home. Yes, I see that so a lot. you don't have to see that, you don't have to have the AC, but no. you have to have a heating. Correct. And it cannot be like a, a right. space heater. Yeah, you can't like wheel that. plug in a heater. It has, <laughs> it has to be, yeah, and somewhat permanently attached. <laughs> yeah, and I see okay. that a lot. People just throw in a window unit. And I'm like, I, it has Wait. to be, it can be a window unit, but it has to be attached. And that, that unit has to be attached to the structure somehow through brackets or whatever. Oh, okay. So it. then that's actually, I've been <clears throat> asked that before and I didn't think that it could be a window unit. Yes, it so can be a window unit. So if it is attached. As long as it's attached, built in, attached, you know, not just set in with the window closed. But most window units don't have a heating capability. So a lot of people will just put one in there and I'm like, no, it has no. to be capable of a heating heater. the entire right. unit. How about uh, appliances? That is one that you can look up and you'll get a different answer depending every time. On. So yeah. the way that they really go about it is it really needs to have an oven range, but it doesn't read like that. 
So is it habitable without an oven range? I kind of, it, it, sorry getting into semantics, but the way you kind of want to adjust. So you say, all right, I'm going to adjust because it doesn't have an oven range. But it's typically all appliances present in the home must be operational. That's the what. Oh, the so language. that's like so. It's better to is pretty much like if you have a dishwasher, it's not working. Just take it out instead of leaving it there and it's not working. Right. Because then you're gonna call for it. That's correct. But okay. at the same time, there's you can be interpreted by well, there's a space for a dishwasher. Why is there not a dishwasher in there? So it's it is really a gray area in the way that. I've come down to understand everything, and basically what I read is right, all appliances there have to be operational. And if there's no dishwasher, there's no dishwasher. Does the market expect a dishwasher in a $300,000 home? Yes. Well, then I need to adjust that it doesn't have a dishwasher. But in a you know $110,000 home, it's not something it's not that's gonna really change. there. Okay. Yeah. And that includes the water heater. The water heater is a big, you know, deal. Well, the water heater, and then it has to be elevated and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, um, I recently, like, we got an appraisal, and um, and it was crazy. So the appraiser actually took pictures of the water heater, and you literally can see the rats, oh. like this big. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, I would. I was like, oh, why did they take that picture? I feel like like the rat was even smiling and everything on the picture. Um, so what tips will you give? I know this is another question that comes um a lot. So mm-hmm. Sometimes when I get clients to come in and they're like, oh, I want to sell my house, but first I'm going to change the floor and paint and do all these renovations and redo the kitchen and everything. And I'm like, okay, like you're going to spend $10,000. That doesn't mean that he's going to give you a $10,000 value right? more right. or like it's going right. to increase your value by $10,000. So what are like maybe two, three things that you would recommend sellers and realtors that actually make a big impact on gaining more value right uh i think that i see the most Mm -hmm. like i I will say the last two years i don't i wouldn't advise people do that i think as things start to come down maybe you can put a little bit more in your house and get a little bit more bang because you know things just aren't absolutely crazy but i would look at paint um just just i Painting, uh, uh, I'm sorry, walls, your cabinets. You don't necessarily have to reface your cabinets. Just paint them just and, and do it, getting a good quality paint on them rather than just, you know, where you can see it all over. Those little things, painting the cabinets in the bathrooms, you know, uh, maybe, you know, replacing. You, know, you don't have to go tile, just a, a nice fiberglass tub, you know, shower unit. You know, they make some out there right now that look really good and are very economical. Right. Uh, that's the stuff I see that kind of those homes and those are the really the harder homes to appraise the ones that haven't been redone, but have been updated, but are, you know, above everything else. Cause there's, there hasn't been historically a lot of that. The investors come in and just take them, them and, and flip right. them, you know, yeah. so like, well, it doesn't have granite it doesn't have tile, but yeah. it's super clean, new flooring and, you know, paint and it's trading pretty high up there. So those are the ones you, know, you just don't see a lot of it because people, go all in or not and then yeah so and we were talking before we started the podcast about um you know the whole i mean i'm telling you it's like a whole thing right now everybody's like oh i want to not buy a house i'm going to wait until prices come down and i was like i was telling you and it was very interesting when you told me about the 12 month uh his historical what's happening um and you just said it right now i mean 
two years ago, everybody was going and buying houses and paying extra. And I mean, I had one lady that was like, I'll pay $25,000. I'm like, the yeah. house is not worth those $25,000, right. but she wanted the house. And there was like literally like 10 offers. And so um, what I was sharing with Chris was basically all the prices on the homes went way up. Because that $25,000, was that affecting the market? Like if they people were paying extra for, over oh, the value? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So an appraisal, tell me first, let, let me stop there. Like what, how do you appraise a property? Uh, well, we, you know, we go out, we measure the home, look at it, uh, and take into, you know, its age, its condition, its quality you know sometimes age isn't a factor if it's been completely updated okay. or remodeled uh, and then you know we we search for usually the most recent sales uh that are similar in size and how location. recent how uh close to the lenders like you know 30 to 90 days you know okay. which hasn't been a problem but now right. it's starting to become a to problem, become a problem. Uh, especially for specific type properties there's just not as many sales as there has been uh over the past 30 days so we you know Usually the way I do it is I look at, I get my comparable ones that set and then I sort them by closing date and I just start looking, you know, going from the most recent back, you know, and then I look at them different from there too. You and know, how to close sure. to the property? You want to, you know, obviously as close as possible. And if you can't, there, there's neighborhoods in Corpus to where you would know, I can't, even though this comps across the street, I know that this area is more comparable to this area, this area, this area, okay. you know, so we stick to it. So location is probably in, in Corpus specifically, it, the mile radius, you know, I very rarely do I ever have an appraisal where everything's within a mile. Okay. Because, because you can't do that. It. It's just different. You so, know. but the, to make a point on what you just stated right now, so the sales, and that's the reason why property values went a skyrocket in 2020, 2021, where, I mean, we saw people with like $100,000 on equity, like literally within the year. Oh, yeah. But that was because of how the sales were happening. You know, you have a lot of demand because there was a lot of buyers. Rates were very low. There's a lot of buyers. And then that demand pretty much pushed the prices up. Correct. So then now people say, oh, well, I want to wait to house prices to come down. Well, here's the thing, like, really, are they really coming down or they're just kind of like normalizing to where they were, that they're not like super high up? I, I think they're normalizing. Uh, we don't have enough supply in the market to really cause prices to go down. Yeah. So it's a dynamic where it's not really a supply demand economics right now. It's everything's based on interest rates right now. Right. So prices are going to come down they're they're gonna they're they're stabilized right now they may come down a little bit but as soon as interest rates start coming down they're gonna know, so that's where i'm leery about what's i don't know how the fed is going to control inflation in the housing market because there's no supply in a lot of markets that you're right. in right now corpus is one of them i mean i think the average is four and a half five months still four months you know yeah. tight in the lower stuff but the prices are going to start going right back up as interest rates come down because everybody's going to be like, okay, I'm ready to go get my house. And you're like, well, so I'm going to, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. I, I anticipate the, it could probably get pretty crazy again. And, and the reality of the matter is like, it's, and I know we keep repeating and everybody keeps repeating the same thing. Like, you know, marry the house, date the rate. I mean, you, right. you know, because 
that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, and you're seeing it right now. So 2020, 2021, you are not seeing concessions. Correct. And what are concessions? The seller's pay closing costs for the buyer. Um, you weren't seeing any help. You weren't seeing uh, sellers saying, okay, I'll sell it for lower right. or I'll accept a lower offer. Like everything was like actually above. And then I think it's turning, it already turned. Really like, did. I mean, 2023, we're already, 2022 turn. Um, when rates are higher, people that are actually buying, now the sellers are getting scared. scared. Yes. Like, oh my God, I'm going to have the house in the market for five months. Right. Like maybe I can just take this one and I'll pay closing costs and I'll do this. So right. it's kind of like, you know, somebody said it's not a buyer uh, buyer's market, but I, I really think that right now it is, even though the fact that rates are a little bit higher. Right. I mean, how long have you been doing this? One? Right. I mean, rates, it, I think they were 6.31 the other day. It came out of something, but I mean, that's, that's not I, bad, I, right? I was helping my parents get some stuff together. They don't live in town anymore. I was going to take it to them, and I found their original note. I think it was like 18.5% yeah. or something. I'm wondering how I'm just like, God, you know. Uh, I don't. I hope it never gets that way again. Uh, but, I, but I agree. I think it's a buyer's market. You know, the problem with sellers is they just can't afford to go anywhere else. Like, right. I just can't. I need that extra 30000 or whatever mm -hmm. to live in my house, uh, especially with yeah, everything's going on. So. And I think that's the hardest part right now for the sellers that are actually, and that's why the demand is not, the supply is low because even if you, like you can't buy what you're paying right now. Right. And then like, I mean, you will have to like pay way more because right. of the rate. But again, the rate is temporary. I mean, right. I started in 2007 mm -hmm. and I remember everybody would tell me like, oh, you're crazy. Cause that was like when the market crashed. Right. And, um, and I remember this old lady that I did a loan for her. And at the time rates were like eight, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. Like I closed loans at eight yeah. and a half. Yeah. And, um, and I remember that I was able to lock this old lady at 7.875 oh, wow. and she brought me cookies. She was so <laughs> happy. She was like, Oh my God, you got me on the seventh. And I'm like, 7.875 is like literally 8%. I right. mean, like it's not much different, but she was completely like over the moon yeah. of being on the sevens and not on the eights. So I kind of like, I'm, I'm less sensitive to also what they say, like, oh, rates are super high. And I'm like, well, are they? Yeah, I mean, I mean like, historically they're not compared. Right. You know, it, it was an in interest rate influence frenzy. And it just, and that's the one thing about the housing market. And there are other markets like this that, it's not necessarily uh, supply demand. I mean, the, the interest rates can reflect, I mean, can affect the market so much right. that it's just kind of something that just, I mean, it's not like we don't have a bunch of people that want to buy a house right now. And Correct. There's, there's no sales, and but, you know, it's not like there's no they're demand. Right, they're, they're just right. waiting. Yeah. Know, and, but, um, so, okay, so you've been doing this for a while. It's not like you're going to go and find another job. No, no, <laughs> I know, <clears throat> me. I knew, I, I mean, a year and a half ago, I was like, this is going to stop, Buzz, I mean, right. it's going to uh, bust, and oh, it's this, it's different this time, Chris, it's different, and I'm like, I've heard that ever since I got out of college, and it was right at the, it was 95, and the market was horrible, and it picked up real quick, and I mean, I've heard it through the dot-com, I heard it in 2008, I heard it, I mean, when things are that crazy, it will go down, it right. has to correct itself. But it's almost like a vacation time it, for it us. Is. Like, it I mean, is. I feel like all of 2020, 21 
it was so transactional. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally you had the luxury to, I mean, I'm sure that it happened to you. Like, oh, I don't want to do that appraisal. Yeah. Like I already have enough. And you know, same thing with us. Like I would be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to roll that call because like, I don't have capacity right. anymore. I mean, you know, I remember refinances were taking four months to close. Yeah. Like when, you know, when all that happened and I feel like that's going to come back again because I mean, you have all these people that actually bought houses at seven, six percent. I mean, as soon as they hit five, four percent, because I mean, as a matter of fact, we're at five, like right. literally right now with one percent or in Asian year, like at five point eight, seven, five. Right. So um, as soon as they hit like four, everybody's going to want to refinance. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, now, are you doing, I did a video actually about the type of appraisals mm-hmm. that we do. So we have the normal appraisal, which is when you go, you measure. Right. Um, do you measure all the properties? Yes. Okay. So you have to measure all the properties. You don't yes. go by what the appraisal district has or? Never. No. Okay. And they're just generally because it's very rarely will the appraisal district be within even 5% of okay. what. Uh, the only time that is is if builder plans were submitted uh, and you can actually see and it's been a couple of years but then it's like they'll go try to remeasure and you'll see that house square footage change and doesn't make any because what i have seen with that measurement is most of the time the appraisal district has a higher number than what it really measures and then you get like into like the whole drama of like the seller thinking the house is like this big and then it wasn't that that's one of our, our biggest issues with appraisals is yes it's uh they measure out smaller or the appraisal district includes a an area i had one the other day the area between the house and the garage was built out ac and everything but you can't get you have to go outside to get to it they have that included as main area oh it's you not. can't do it um things like that i i also see the reverse in like lamar park pope place some of those areas where people have added on and the appraisal district never captured that add-on oh uh, and that can, I, I can see some upset sellers. Well, we've had properties appraised, and this was before the craziness, you know, $45,000, $50,000 more because the appraisal district didn't have that add-on that they oh, had done. Oh, wow. And, uh, well, but just, that means that they didn't ask for a permit or anything? Or, uh, what? You know, <laughs> you know, or, they, or they didn't catch it, you know, or People whatever. go and get a permit to yes. the appraisal district and to have your house but people are like, well, if I didn't, then my yeah. didn't my taxes are lower. <laughs> but you're gonna pay for it sooner or later. Yeah. So we do that one. You go out, you take pictures. Um, what are some things that you would recommend? Like, for example, I mean, the most obvious that I can think of is like clean your house. Mm-hmm. Like, don't when you go because you make an appointment to go and look at the house. You make an appointment. You know, all the utilities need to be on. And if someone's on. living there, all that stuff. Uh, we through the years, you know how to look through issues. You know, you've, I've seen enough houses in different conditions to where I know, you know, if there's boxes or, you know, people are kind of more or less hoarders, you, you see, you can see through it and you know what it is, but, um, you know, for FHA type stuff, it's access to window. That's a big thing. for right. FHA. So access is, yeah, to can, window. I, can I get to the windows? Can I get to the attic? Can I get, you know, to the different areas of the house? I really need to to be able to, to get do. To. And he's going to take pictures. And I'm telling you, I've seen some pictures that is just like, did they ever do their bed? Do yeah. they like do this? See like all the clothes on the, I mean, like, you know, well, that's what I, I get asked that question. All the time. Who's going to see these pictures? Yeah. Like, well, you know, only the lender, your lender, you know, their <laughs> lender is going to see it or your lender. If you're refinancing, but yeah, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, uh, 
Well, yeah, yeah but you knew I was going to come. Yeah, like that, that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't like I called you yeah, uh, yeah. this morning. It's not like I yeah. showed up and like knocked on the door like you knew I was coming. Um so then the other uh appraisal type that we're doing, um, and it's weird because it's normally just whenever somebody's putting it's only with conventional and when mm-hmm. somebody's putting like over like twenty percent mm-hmm. or more, then we get a property appraisal waiver. Okay. Where we don't have to do an appraisal. Right. I guess you put you, you know, you enter the address and I guess something that they do that they, you know, compare. I don't right. know how technically, I don't know how they come up with that, but not all of them, but some of them. And then we talked about the third case. And I don't know if you do that one, which is a desktop, um, desktop. Mm-hmm. review appraisal or. Well, they have desktop appraisals, which is basically you don't go, you drive by the property or to drive by. Okay. You, know, you don't go in. We don't measure. We use county records or MLS or whatever's data out there about that property we use to form an appraisal. And then there are reviews, which is <clears throat> you take an appraisal and you review it based. So a lender will send you, hey, can you review this appraisal and then tell us uh, any violations that they may have made or if you agree with the value. And it's 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 not a you don't review it based on technique i should say right. it's not like oh they didn't do this you know it's mostly based on following did they follow use path in the preparation or so you're just reviewing that they did a good that they did work. what's required by use path and, okay. and anything that the lender may have required the and time. the other one that you said that you just go and drive by mm-hmm. and you don't go in that's i'm i'm guessing that's conventional too yes only yes. like so it's only fha and va is going to require you to go in the property and yeah, and then most cash outs too. Be, yeah, yeah, and yeah. cash out as well. Um, what's the craziest thing that you have seen in, in a, doing an appraisal? Uh, I mean, I've seen lots. Of what we were talking about before we started it. Just Corpus, one of the only markets where you can you know, go from sixty thousand in the same day to two point one million. You know, in Port A. I mean, just uh, craziest thing. I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy things. I. Probably the condition, you know, the, the the thing that affects me the most, I don't get, is you go into a house, you know, with the expectations of one thing and you get in and it's completely just, whoa. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, so I think that's probably, and I can't think of one off the top of my head or really want to talk about which one. It have you been. ever run into like a monkey or like a weird wild animal at a uh, house? No, I've run into homeless people, you know, before. And living in the house, well, like, on vacant houses to where they've oh. you know broken in, or yeah, you could tell that they. Just I wasn't left. talking. I wasn't calling homeless people monkeys. <laughs> I, know Chris. You were, I know you were. But that was the most. You know, that is something that we do. Uh, one of the individuals that works for me, I, I go with her on a lot, just because I'm like, you know, hey, you, you never know in certain areas if a to property's do. been vacant like that. But yeah, well, I've been I've been spooked a couple times, you know, walking right. in, or or they try they've tried to hide in the closet or something. Oh, so. wow. So do you carry a uh, weapon with you? I don't. No? I, just liability-wise. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, no. I don't know oh. which li- liability to save my life or liability in case something happens. I don't know which one's worse, but uh, no, I don't. You know, I usually kind of, I do the outside first and when I'm doing those that I may Did think something, I'm kind of like yeah. looking in, kind of, and announcing pretty you And know, you go loudly. by yourself? Mm-hmm. You go by yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know what... Have you deal with squatters? I don't know what squatters use. Uh, no, we've dealt with squatters. You know, we well, manage. First of all, what too. is a squatters? A squatters is someone who's you know just staying in 
that property oh, without. Oh, that they took over the yeah, property. Yeah, basically, yeah. They're, hey, we're living here. There's nothing you can do about it type deal, you know. And that's really hard because Texas has very harsh yes. rules about homestead and all that stuff. Yes, like, it's been the rental side because I'd run our property management side of the business. And, you know, managing apartments is very, very difficult. Yeah, you know, especially you when, you, when we out. do a lot of, we do mostly commercial and you can't lock people out. There's a whole process you have to go through. And it's, it's quite discouraging, especially during COVID dealing with yeah tenants that don't pay and, and then helping those owners understand that there's nothing you can you, do. I had that happen to me and it was like insane. So these lady, um, and I, I just, I did it wrong. Like she was undocumented. And then I tried to do one of those, like, you know, like, I'm going to be nice and, right. you know, single mom and, you know, let me help her. So I did a, like, for sale by owner type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, well, then this lady, like, literally she got into an accident at the house. And then she wanted to sue me mm-hmm. because it was my house. And I'm like, but it's not my house. It's your house. Like, right. you know, like, I'm not, like, right. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, due to the accident, she couldn't work. And I'm like, okay, so she wasn't paying. So I'm like, okay, well, can I foreclose two years? And then she filed for bankruptcy. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I remember seeing at the um, bankruptcy, bankruptcy, Mm -hmm. bankruptcy court and the judge is there. And I'm like, okay, I'm very confused because she does not have papers. So right. why are we talking about her job if she's not legally supposed to be working? Right. Here? Like, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I was two years it took me to actually take her out. <sighs> so she lived on the property for two years for free. And then, of course, you, I never actually, uh, crazy that you're saying, like, the condition of the property. I never went into the house again oh, really? like i was yeah. like no we like sold it as an investment like two or three k like i was like just let it go like i'm like i'm done with this yeah. uh property but yeah i mean the 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 rules for homestead here in texas yeah. are like super harsh yeah. yeah and speaking you know we had that same thing where you'd go try to get these people out of these units or you'd be, hey, I need to get the rent. I need to get some communication from you. And there'd be a brand new TV box, 60 yeah. TV box. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the brand God. new car. And yeah. like the, uh, they're doing the line for the uh, new iPhone. And yeah, no, it's totally. So tell me more about it. So you have, you have a commercial property. Yeah, How's we- that um, compared to residential? Have you seen also like slow down on like rent rents or like yeah, going we, up you know during the crazy we really only started focusing on residential when everything was quick because it's just so you didn't have time for it. more uh, on the property management side i mean we're seeing you know we manage office buildings retail centers a lot of uh, you know office rates and corpus like they go up a little bit but they've been pretty flat for 25 30 years you yeah know? so it's it's a tough market you got to buy the property right um, but there's some, you know, we manage a couple of boutique type office properties that are highly desirable, very, very, very nice properties to where they get a premium, obviously. But yeah. uh, the commercial market, you know, it's kind of, there's, there's some people worried about what's going to happen because the rate structure on a lot of those loans aren't the same. It's not like you're locked no, in for 30. It's not 30 years. Yeah. No. And there's, there's points where you, you know where you have a balloon or you have a call or whatever and and oh, some of that a lot stuff, of people got in trouble know, with that too and, and on a big property that can really impact that very owner. fast so, yeah so 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens as some of these loans start coming to that point over the next. Have you years. seen an increase on rentals, like on rental pricing on like on commercial co property? Oh, that not as much. No, but so like I said, saying. it's all tailored. It depends on the property type. Like no. there, there's a good amount of tenants in this property that are willing to pay more for a very nice, nice property. Building. Right. And they're probably willing to pay a lot more than market rent for that property because there's just not a lot of it out there and they have a specific, yeah. you know, their clientele demands it, they demand it and everything else. Right. Well, um, I appreciate you coming. I think yeah. that this is going to help a lot of the people. So you, you heard it here. Um, don't go and start like trying to redo your house. Probably yeah, better. Would, yeah. Cosmetic, the cause, the easy, the, you know, like I would say the paint, uh, clean, you know, flooring, that stuff goes a lot a lot further than spending that money on, you know, granite and tile and everything else right now. And then um, another tip is when you're going to getting ready to sell your house, talk to your realtor. That's why it's so important, the realtors, to do a CMA. And uh, what is a CMA? Yeah. It's a current market analysis. And basically that realtor, so um, they're going to pull the sales around the area that are closed that most mm -hmm. unlikely he's going to use to do that appraisal. Right. And I, like, it's crazy. Like I, one yeah. time I got, um, we got the appraisal. It was under like 20,000 mm -hmm. and I called the realtor and I'm like, Hey, like it didn't appraise. Like, do you have the comparables? And he's like, no, mm -hmm. they just wanted to sell it uh, for that. I'm like, okay, like, no, it does yeah. not work like that. So you guys can actually do the homework to do that. Yes, and there you from the appraisal district, they have a sketch of your property. There's other services, uh, TaxNet USA. You can subscribe to them. You kind of fill up your cart with money, and you, you know it deducts that you go up. But you can buy the sketch from them. Uh, and I always encourage people walk your property and say, okay, they this does not look like what they have sketched here. You know, we come out and do sketches for agents all the time for a hundred bucks. That way they get an oh. accurate square footage. And I, I saw this a lot at the end of last year is people relying on Zillow and a lot of these other companies for estimates of their property type. And it's, it's, it's so far accurate. off yeah. and it just gives an unrealistic rep, uh, expectation of that seller. Of what of you're going to make. Yeah, and it's right. just like, you know, and, and sometimes it may be really low, but those, those companies, it's just not even close. They, they don't, it's just data pulling. They don't know if the house has been updated that it's comparing it to. They're just looking at a bunch of houses in the area. So yeah, be very careful with those. And then one last thing. So um, tell me how it's different for you. I know I was going to like, I, I circle back, but I remember about this and it's important. So we don't really use an AMC. Correct. So a lender is required to, we're not supposed to, you know, call the appraisal or talk to the appraiser or like, that's like the whole like rule, like the lender shouldn't talk to the appraiser whatsoever about like, hey, Chris, what do you think that, da, 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 yeah. you know? Um, so lenders like, uh, probably like, I don't know, like what, four or five years ago, they mm -hmm. changed At like least, more than yeah, that. Yeah, like, more than that. Um, they changed how they would do it and they order the appraisal. So there's these companies that they manage appraisers so you're part of like a big group and usually an amc like they have like hundreds of uh appraisers right Correct. and then what they do is a lender like sends a request and then it just kind of like goes around and whoever picks it up so we don't know who the appraiser is going to be home source mortgage has a appraisal panel 
So we actually manage the whole thing. Why do I like to do that? It's because then I have appraisers that are local because I mean, right. can you see how it can be like crazy to have a person from Austin oh, or San Antonio come and try to appraise the property here? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of, you know, groups have a ton of people, you know, and they're, they're farming them out for 250, 300 bucks and they're just coming through and, you know. So the AMC has an extra, you don't get the whole fee that you charge with the AMC. Correct. We typically build it in, but right. They charge anywhere from 10 to $20 per appraisal is roughly about what we what you have to pay. Yeah. So what we do at Home Source Mortgages, again, we have a panel. So I have like five, six appraisers. I still don't know who's going to get it. So we like send a request and then they ask, you know, we have somebody managing that uh, panel and then they ask. And then, you know, Chris or any other of the appraisers that I have on my list and they picked it up. Um, but we paid the whole amount right. that you charge. And... Um, and it's just easier. So that's why there was a big difference when back in the day when, you know, appraisals were taking 20, 30 days to come in. Right. We didn't have that much problem because you have local, we work, we have a build, uh, business relationship mm -hmm. that, we, you know, we have had for a while. So that's a big difference when you're picking a lender. Um, it is. It, it, and it helps to, there's a lot of appraisals that don't get picked up and, it can be or difficult ones you see. And, you know, it helps that relationship. Hey, there's a hard one I have coming through, you know, do you mind really taking a look at it? Because, you know, there's so many that were coming through at that time. You yeah. Know, you're right. And, you can, and it helps to have, and I don't like the fact that there's so much distance that has to be between the lender. Cause there's lots of questions that appraisers oh, yeah. have, especially when you have to go through certain AMCs. A lot of AMCs are really good and some are really bad about, right. Well, let me get with the client. Let me try to figure it out because they don't, you know, and then they're not communicating what you really want because it's just somebody. But the working. realtors can actually have access to the appraiser. Correct. So the realtors, builders, they can actually talk to the appraiser. The lender is the one that I'm not supposed to. And I mean, it makes sense. It does. I mean, you know, it I does. don't want it to get sticky where, come on, give me yeah. $10,000 more. That's right. Like, you can't find $10,000. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Can you add $10,000? So, um, cause we're the ones responsible longer than anybody the, else. We're yeah. Your signature, five is, years. your signature yeah. is right there on the bottom. Yeah. So yeah, I know that. Um, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I think this is going to be very helpful. Um, also if you're like, if you're still on the, on the fence of like, Oh, I'm going to sell a house and I don't know how much or whatever you can even, um, cause you do like, yes, outside. we do, we do, we do a, a lower, a lesser involved appraisal, appraisal, but it's still, it's still everything. We just don't have to do all as much write up as we do for typical lender. For but the lender. Same, same value. How much used. will you charge for something like that? So uh, that they know, you know, us, we don't do, we do this for about 400. Okay. You know. So that would be a very well good spend. $400. If you're kind of like worried about how much your house is going to appraise, and then you can get it to the T and, you know, get a better idea of, get it you know, what you do. And, yeah. Right. And, and know kind of for sure how much are you going to, you know, and um, so that that's definitely something to think about. But I, I appreciate you. Um, I don't know who am I going to have next week. My daughters came last oh, really? week. Yes. Oh, nice. Gino, uh, Gino Montalvo, actually. Um, Gino Montalvo interviewed them. Okay. And I actually stepped out. He's got a little bit of history yeah. doing that, doesn't he? Oh, well, he was in the radio. So he's like really good at uh, yeah, interviewing people. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm like just playing here radio. Who do you said that we're having next week? 
oh yeah we're gonna have inspections tomorrow okay. uh next week so i'm doing them every good. week yes. yeah so just kind of like see what's the I'm difference and then um stay tuned because i have a secret coming so um you know how i like to i told uh moses yesterday i was like i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna become a philanthropist and he's all like well, I think you need to work more and make more money <laughs> yeah. to become a philanthropist. And I'm like, thank you. Um, so the um, there's some news about a campaign that is going to come out for the uh, Heart Association. Oh, really? Yes. Great. So stay tuned because there's going to be it's eight weeks. Yeah. I might hit you up with um, asking you for money because okay. there's donations for the but you know the Heart Association. Yes. What happened to Damar? Whatever. He's so young. Mm -hmm. The football yeah. guy that just like literally just fell on the on on the field. Yeah, it's amazing that how many crazy. things go undiagnosed and you just well, don't yeah, know until something happens. And that one, my daughter, uh, my little, my youngest one, she she was so funny. She was telling me she's so like. It just it ha it's something that happens like he got hit on the exact yeah. second of the heart beating and that's what it yeah what it caused like it yeah. caused I'm like what and he's like oh mom like it had to be like super exact for yeah. that to happen so it's crazy so it's a great cause and um I I'm not allowed to share anything until next Friday but just well, I will yeah here uh, listen to the podcast thank you guys.